Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Well, good Wednesday afternoon to everyone, and welcome to 97.3 The Fan, the John Kintero Show, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3. Great to have you with me, and uh, boy, we got a great show today. A couple of great guests coming up, bottom of the hour, 12.35, veteran NFL columnist and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman going to join. We're going to jump around the NFL, and of course, the news this morning is uh, it looks like L.A. Charger running back Melvin Gordon going to end his holdout, and we're hearing that he's going to report to the Charger facility uh, tomorrow morning, uh, which I find kind of interesting because uh, today's the first day the boys are back to work. They got a game on Sunday in Miami. You'd think he'd come in today, but uh, we're hearing that he's going to report to camp uh, tomorrow, so we'll uh, keep you up to date if we get any more information on that, but very much looking forward to having Ira Kaufman join me at 1235. Very well-known uh, uh, writer around the National Football League. Been at it for years. It'll be my first opportunity to visit with him, so hopefully you'll enjoy that interview. And then coming up at 135, our buddy uh, from uh, Padres dot com fryer wire and longtime writer here in san diego got a great perspective on our padres bill center going to join me we're going to talk about the managerial search for andy green's replacement and before i get too far into the show i want to apologize for yesterday because yesterday we had a bevy of phone calls and i I had left a lot of people on hold and i don't like to do that uh but just uh not enough time and too many phone calls and i mentioned at the end of the show if you called yesterday ron hold give me a call today and i'll make sure to to get you on uh, fairly quickly our phone number if you'd like to be a part of the show today 833-288-0973-833-288-0973 yesterday's uh, program uh, a lot of it had to do, obviously, with what the Padres are going to do for a manager. Uh, and I, I told you that Joe Girardi was going to be on yesterday with Gwen and Chris, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But one of the things that became a big uh, part of the show yesterday was Manny Machado and his letter grade. I gave him a B-, minus, and we had several fans weigh in yesterday. Very interesting. Uh, from one uh, extreme to the other, uh, a couple of people gave him an A, I didn't quite get that. I understood their rationale after they uh, uh, told me why they gave him an A. They brought him in as the face of the franchise. He's been the face of the franchise. He was a mentor and playing great baseball while Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. was uh, healthy. And now Manny's been in a little bit of a funk for about six weeks. And right now, you know, hitting just barely over 250. He's got the 30 homers, driven in 80-plus runs, but hasn't been the Manny Machado that we thought. We had other people that came in were a little bit harder graders. Again, I gave him a B-minus yesterday. Uh, some people gave him a, a C, a C-minus, a D. We even had one F, believe it or not. We had one F. I don't know if a guy hitting 30 home runs. I know he's making $30 million. I understand that. But I don't know if a guy hits 30 homers, you can give him an F. But it was a wide range yesterday. And I just thought I'd kind of recap that a little bit because that was a big part of the program yesterday. And, again, we'll get to a lot of phone calls today in and around our uh, two guests. But I want to get to 
uh, Joe Girardi, because yesterday, as I shared with you, I had to go to the dentist yesterday, one of those teeth cleanings. And uh, you know what? It went well. Things were going well there. But as I'm driving to the dentist, the boys have them on, uh, Gwen and Chris. They've got Joe Girardi on. So I got to the dentist a little bit early. And I'm sitting in my car, and I'm listening to as much as I possibly can uh, because it was a great interview. And we had Joe on a few weeks ago, and he's an engaging guy, well-spoken guy, longtime catcher, managed uh, 11 years in the big leagues, done a great job, won a world title with the New York Yankees. But yesterday, the boys hit him with some great questions, I thought. And if you missed that interview, please, please go to our website at 97.3thefansd.com. You can hear it its entirety. But I want to share a few of the clips from yesterday's program on Gwen and Chris. And again, this is Joe Girardi yesterday, right around 4.35 on the program. And the boys came out of the block smoking. And they asked Joe, are you interested in this Padres job? Oh, I think it's very attractive. I think you look at the young players that have, I don't know, in a sense graduated and gotten to the big leagues, and the young players that are continuing to, to rise through their system, um, a number of pitchers, a number of middle infielders that you, uh, that the Padres have. I, I, I think it's an exciting time to be a Padres fan, and I think there were a lot of people that would, would like this job. <laughs> You're talking about Joe Girardi. I mean, Joe Girardi is a hell of a manager. He's a hell of a manager, and I'm going to share a little bit later on in the program. I'm going to share some of the numbers uh, that he had. You know, the one surprise that I do have about Joe Girardi is he only won one World Series with the New York Yankees. But you know the thing that I liked about him? There was never a doubt who was running that ball club. That first year when he managed the Marlins and got that team to overachieve, they didn't finish over 500. He got fired at the end of the year because him and the owner didn't get along very well. But there's never a doubt who's running the ball club when Joe Girardi has that manager title next to his name. Now, the second thing, and this could be really key here in San Diego, because you know that the front office wants to have their say. They did with Andy Green. Uh, they probably definitely want to have it with even a, a veteran manager. And this was Joe Girardi, how he answered the question about uh, dealing with uh, the analytics. Well, I think you realize how much you miss it, number one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and what a privilege it is to be in Major League Baseball and to manage. I think sometimes we're rolling along through the day of the grind. You forget that. You forget, you know, that it is a privilege to put the uniform on, and, and, and you miss it um, dearly, as I have. Um, as, as far as an analytical standpoint, um, I've always been extremely analytical. They used to make fun of me all the time. They called me Binder Joe because I had all my numbers with me. And, 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 I'm a, and at heart, I'm a mathematician, and I believe numbers tell a story over time. They don't always tell the story that day, but over time they're going to tell the story. And I used analytics a lot when I used to call games as a catcher. We just didn't call them analytics. So for me, I'm extremely analytical. But to me, the, the thing that you learn the most is – Somehow we have to do a better job of integrating analytical minds with baseball minds yes, and getting yes. the best possible situation. And, and, and that's something that I thought over a lot the last two years about how you do a better job doing that. But I think it, it, it's vital. And um, so for me, you know, I come from a long list of mathematicians in our household. My sister's a math professor. I have a couple brothers that, it, that 
we're doctors and mathematically inclined, so I love all the numbers. But how do we integrate it to where it's understandable for everyone and right. we get the most out of it? See, there's a lot being said there. And I really like what Joe Girardi had to say. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say about uh, coaches, managers, you know, you're in it. And Joe, you know, was in it as a player for a long time, uh, came back to the big leagues, got that managerial job with the Marlins back in 2006, got let go, was out of baseball for a year in 2007, and then took over the Yankees from 2008 to 2017. Uh, but when you're out of it, now he's been out of it two years, but he's still in it. But he's in it a different way. He, he's looking at things a lot different now, probably a little bit more open-minded. When you're managing a ball club, I mean, you're grinding, and, and you got those blinders on. You're like a horse at the Del Mar racetrack. You've got blinders on you where you're only seeing out in front of you. You're not seeing the right and left of you of what's going on. And I guarantee you this, whether it's Joe Girardi or whoever, they're going to do a good job. There are too many great candidates for this job right now. The Padres have to hit on the right candidate. And, you know, one of the things that is very important, and Joe talked about analytics there, but you've got to be able to be on the same page with your front office. And here's what Joe had to say. And remember, <laughs> he worked for 10 years for the New York Yankees. This, here's what he had to say about working with the front office. Um, I think a lot more um, than when I was a player a lot more when I started as a manager, but not a lot more than when I finished as a manager. Um, okay. On a fairly regular basis, I would talk to our analytical people and talk to them about what they saw, lineup construction, different types of lineups, maybe frustrated with our lineup at the time and how do we make it better, those sort of things. So on a daily basis, I would want to pick their brain. You know, again, I, I've said that I, I love the analytics of the game. I love the math behind the game. So, to me, it was always interesting to talk to a lot of the analytical people. So, I think they should be involved because I think the information they have is really, really good. So, to me, it has changed a lot. Okay, now here's the deal on Girardi. I watched him in 2006 when he brought his ball club in here to San Diego. And, uh, you know, I watched him on a Sunday afternoon late in the year. He had all these guys out there taking infield practice. He had his catchers out there with gear on, uh, working on blocking the plate. And I'm talking about, this isn't early in the year, this is late in the year. And he had a young ball club, but he was still teaching. Things didn't work out. Even though he overachieved with that ball club uh, with the Marlins at 78 and 84 back in 2006, him and the owner uh, got into it. He was done after one year. He's going to come in and run the ball club. There's no question about that. He sat out 2007, got the Yankee job, and from 2008 to 2017, he went 9, 10, and 7, uh, 10. Um, uh, 98 or 988 wins, 794 losses. Uh, done a great job in that area. Won a World Series in 2009. Um, there are a lot of great candidates. I don't know if Bruce Bochy wants this job. I don't know if Joe Madden's going to get fired. But I'm going to tell you right now, if Joe Girardi can manage the great New York Yankees that's won 27 world championships and they kept him around for a decade, how could he not be? Uh, a manager of the San Diego Padres. Realistically, how can you go wrong by bringing Joe Girardi in? I mean, that's one guy you could bring in Boach, you could bring in Madden if that's what you want to do. 
But a guy like Joe Girardi, he has to be on the short list. Come on now. If he can manage the Yankees, he can certainly uh, manage our San Diego Padres. I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about Joe Girardi? Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. We'll take a timeout, come back, get to your reaction next, right here on 97.3 The Fan. And the first pitch from Reyes is skied to right field and deep. Renfro going back, track, wall, gone, a grand slam. Well, that did not take long at all. 95 mile an hour fastball. Muncie was waiting for it. It's his 34th home run of the season and a grand slam to make it 5-0 L.A. here in the fourth. And that pretty much uh, put the capper on the ball game. Padres tried to rally. They cut it to 5-3. to three. Then Jock Peterson uh, blasted his 33rd homer of the uh, year in the ninth inning. And the Dodgers take game one last night, 6-3 to three over our Padres. I'm going to get out the phones here in just a second. If you want to weigh in, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Uh, basically the question, why shouldn't the Padres hire Joe Girardi? Uh, you know, Bruce Boach, I don't know if Boach wants to manage this next year. I don't know if this is a team that Bruce Bochy would want to manage because it's young. Bruce Bochy has had his most success with veteran ball clubs. I think Girardi would be probably a better fit than Boch would be or Joe Madden would be, but only time's going to tell. That's going to be up to the powers to be down there at Petco Park, and they've got to get it right. Uh, they've got to get it right this time. You can't bring in a, a rookie manager. You spend all this money on Machado and Hosmer and Will Myers, I mean, you spent a ton of money on these guys. You can't bring in a no-name rookie manager, okay? Mark Loretta, great guy. I love Mark. He's worked with the front office here in San Diego. He's the bench coach. I saw he got suspended for a game. Uh, apparently, there was a review, and he didn't like the way the review came out, and he had something to say, and so the commissioner's office dinged him for one game. I'd like to see that fire in big Mark Loretta. But the Padres, now, they can't hire a rookie manager. They just cannot hire a rookie manager. They've got to hire a guy that's been there, done that. And, and the three guys that I've mentioned, Bochy, three World Series titles, Madden, one, Girardi, one. You've got to hire a guy that's been there, done that, and is a proven winner, a guy that can work with young players, old players, manage that clubhouse, and not get outmanaged on the field. 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I want to mention Ronald Bolaños, and then I'm going to move on and I'll get to your phone calls. But Bolaños last night, uh, three and two-thirds innings, three hits, four runs, all learned, five walks, four strikeouts. He's going to maybe get another start maybe Sunday over in Arizona. Right now he's got a 6.62 ERA. Uh, he's a guy that I think has got great upside. I, I like what I see. The problem is he's got to trust his stuff. He's got to throw that stuff in the zone. When he throws it in the zone, he's pretty good. Last night he was all over the place, absolutely all over the place. They had to get him out of there. They bring in Horaeus, uh, who's been up and down. I mean, first pitch last night, he serves up a, a high fastball to Max Muncie, and it became a souvenir out in the right field bleachers. And, uh, you know, Perdomo last night done a good job all year. Uh, Matt Strom came in, did a nice job. Michelle Baez was pitching pretty well until he left one up 
for uh, Jock Peterson, but uh, Baez has impressed me a little bit. Uh, Perdomo, you know what? Luis Perdomo has found his role here with the San Diego Padres. He's done a really nice job this year after all those uh, seasons where he, they tried to make him a starter and he just couldn't get it done. Let's get out to the phones. Everyone's got an opinion. Coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Ira Kaufman, NFL columnist and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. But I want to hear from you Padre fans today. I'm on until 3 o'clock. We start off today in San Diego. Sam, you're batting leadoff with Coach John Cantera. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Coach. Uh, I'm just uh, kind of upset about what's all this stuff here. I think uh, you're talking about Girardi. I don't know how he's he's going to uh, – because I know Peller is not going to give all this power to Girardi. So that's going to be a big clash there. Well, that tells me you're uh, going to hire a guy that's going to be happy to have the job uh, – uh, you know, I mean, Andy Green got the job, and he bought into it for a while, but then I think Andy decided, hey, you know what, i, I got to stick up for myself here. There's some things I don't like uh, uh, going on, and uh, that's when they started butting heads. Hey, A.J.'s got to hire the right guy. If not, A.J. won't be hiring another manager. Well, is he going to let him go? I mean, is he going to let him manage? Well, that's a good question. I, I can't answer that. Yeah. I do think, uh, and even Girardi said he he's not – uh, opposed to working with the front office and the analytical people. He said he's done a lot of that uh, in his time, especially with the New York Yankees. But, uh, again, uh, you know, A.J. is going to have to, you know, uh, I don't know how much uh, he, he butts in. I mean, I, I've been told that, you know, he puts his two cents in, but he doesn't, you know, send down lineup cards like some organizations do. I, I think A.J. is a little bit more of an old-school guy than maybe we give him credit for. But again, uh, this is going to be his hire, and you can't hire a rookie. You got to hire a guy that, that's won before, a proven winner, and a guy that's been able to develop ball players. Okay, that sounds good. Now the other thing I got on my mind that when when people are not hitting right, why don't you mix up the lineup? That lineup is so stale; it just goes on and on and on the same way. Move uh, Machado down. Put uh, Hosmer up in second slot. Move, uh, move something. Do something with it. Well, you know? Sam, uh, I'll tell you what. It's a little bit late in the year to do that, and I thank you very much for the phone call. Uh, you know, Machado's going to hit, you know, either second or third in the lineup. Hosmer's going to hit some nights maybe second, some nights third, maybe some nights fourth. Uh, you know, I like a, a set lineup. Personally, old school guy, I like a set lineup. But nowadays, guys, they bounce around the lineup. But, again, you got your core guys, and you want your core guys to get to the plate uh, a high uh, most of the time uh, that you can get them there. I remember late in his career, Willie Mays used to lead off because they wanted to try to get him that extra bat uh, two or three days during the week. But, Sam, thanks again for the phone call. Steve in Carlsbad, you're next up with Coach John Cantera on a great Wednesday. Steve, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Coach? Thanks uh, for having me on. Well, thanks for making that phone call. Your thoughts on big Joe Girardi? Love it. I don't know what there's not to like about it. He was probably the first guy that came to my mind when uh, the Padres dismissed Andy Green. Um, I know the fans would really like Bochy here, but I think you're right where you're gonna, he's going to take a year or two off. And Girardi is a proven winner, and I think he'd do great things down here in, in Padres. Well, the thing that I like, and, uh, you know, we can talk about what Girardi got accomplished uh, with the New York Yankees, but I, I saw it firsthand when he brought his ball club in here to San Diego. I really liked the way he ran the ship. 
Uh, and he had those guys in pregame really working on things that I thought were beneficial. And, you know, he'll never get credit uh, probably for that year uh, down there in Miami. But I, I really like the way he ran that ball club. Unfortunately, him and the owner were not on the same page. Uh, the owner was a little bit out there, to say the least. He's the owner that eventually, you know, sold the ball club. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how Joe Girardi, if he really wants this job. And, again, I don't know if they're – talking behind the scenes to, to Bochy and waiting to see what's going to happen with Madden. But you know what? If Boach wants to take a year off, I, I like Girardi better than I like Madden, to be honest with you. In fact, if I had to, to rank him here in San Diego, I'd probably go Girardi, Bochy, and Madden. But if Bochy does want this job, you're going to have to sit down and talk with him. But, uh, again, the thing with Girardi, Girardi's done it with a young ball club. Uh, I've seen how he teaches. And, again, he's a guy that uh, 10 years with the New York Yankees, that's saying a lot, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he'd command uh, respect right away in the clubhouse. I heard yesterday's interview. He said he's a numbers guy, so I think he would work good with the front office. Um, let's get him in Padres Brown for next year, and maybe you and Mudcat give him the tour of San Diego. Get him out here. Hey, I'd be more than happy to. Hey, Steve, thanks so much for the phone call. Okay, thank you, Coach. Hey, I'm looking forward to the brown uniforms next year. In fact, I almost wore my brown cap, uh, uh, my, uh, I don't know, what, what are they calling it yellow? I guess yellow and brown. I don't know the uh, the official term of that. Maybe, Adam, you can help me out on that. Uh, they used to call it mustard yellow uh, way back when I was a kid. But I've got my brown pullover and i got my cap. Maybe on Friday when I come in, because we don't have a show tomorrow. we got an early Padre game at 1240 tomorrow. Maybe I'll uh, wear my uh, uh, Padre hat from yesteryear on uh, Friday to work. Let's uh, duck in Richard and Hillcrest. Richard, you're next up with Coach John Cantera. How you doing today, my friend? Hey, fine, Coach. How are you today? Ah, doing great. Just trying to help the players make a decision on uh, their new manager. Hey, listen, I like your Roddy, but here's my thing. We've got a couple of holes to fill, namely a starting pitcher that's got some years of experience. We need to fill second base. We need to fill center field. We need, we need money for that. We also need to find out what's our budget when it comes to a manager right now. You know, I mean, Girardi B. I think would be a perfect fit for this team. But how much money are we going to pay these guys? Well, you, you know what my budget is for a manager? Whatever it takes to get a good one. That's my budget right now. Uh, sell a few okay. more hot dogs. Sell a few more beers. Uh, you know, get a few more people into the turnstiles. I want to get the best manager possible because, you know what, there can't be any excuses this time. If you think you're close to being a playoff contender, go get one of the best in the business. I agree, Coach. And here's my other question for you. That being said and done, do you think Preller's year next year could be his last if they don't get to a playoff spot or improve to like second place in the division? Well, I will tell you this. If I'm sitting here next year on uh, uh, this date of September 25th and the ball club uh, is in their final week of the season and they're 70 and 87, there'll be a lot more changes than just the manager. Let, let's put it that way. I think uh, when we start the 2020 baseball season, the clock is ticking on a lot of people here in San Diego. Richard, good to hear from you, buddy. Have a great day. You too, Coach. That's the way I look at it. Uh, and you know what? We didn't put, as fans or talk show hosts, we didn't put the timeline on when they were going to compete for a playoff spot. Hey, I want to remind everyone, uh, make sure to catch our Thursday night football and uh, Navy football on the fan this week. Uh, Thursday night football features the Eagles and Packers at 5 p.m. right here on 97.3 The Fan. You can also catch uh, the Navy midshipmen uh, on uh, Thursday at 4.30 as they take on Memphis. That will be on the fan stream on our uh, radio.com and radio.com app beginning 
at uh, 4.30. So uh, Navy uh, off to a pretty good start so far under uh, Coach Niamatololo. Uh, they'll be on our radio.com stream tomorrow night. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to switch gears for a minute, and then we'll get back to more of your phone calls. we got Coach's Corner coming up, but we're going to be joined by a, a man that I've never interviewed but very much looking forward to it, Ira Kaufman, NFL columnist and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Well, join me next right here on 97.3 The Fan. 12.37 the time. Coach John Cantero with you to 3 o'clock, and we'll get you to uh, Gwen and Chris today. Game two of the uh, three-game series tonight out there at Petco Park. It'll be Denelson Lamette going against right-hander Ross Stripling. We expect four of the Dodgers, and the Potters will finish up tomorrow afternoon against the Dodgers in their final home game at 12.40 before moving over to Arizona. But right now we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk NFL. Uh, very excited about having this gentleman on. He's got a tremendous reputation around the National Football League, longtime NFL columnist, a pro football Hall of Fame voter. Ira Kaufman joins me on 97.3 The Fan. Ira, thanks for the time. How you doing today? My pleasure, buddy. You know, I got a nickname down here in uh, Tampa. They call, they're calling me the Sage. <laughs> Sage. Um, and you know what that means? That means I'm old, gentlemen. That, that, that's all it means. I'm old. Well, you've been at it a long time, and like I mentioned, you got a great reputation around the National Football League. And since you're down in Tampa, let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost a heartbreaker on Sunday to Daniel Jones and the New York Football Giants. What were your thoughts on Bruce Arians taking that delay penalty to back the field goal kicker up five yards? Well, the first thing I thought of when the game ended was that this got to be a top five Buccaneer defeat. And that's saying a lot. They've been playing since... 76 they got a terrible overall record as a franchise that was top five 18 point lead rookie quarterback Barkley on the sidelines with uh on crutches and they find a way to lose and the guy misses a 34 yard field goal you know coach one thing you got to remember they have not had a decent kicker and i mean decent since matt bryant <laughs> you remember matt bryant left town that was 10 years ago there's an eternal quest for a kicker. This general manager, Jason Light, he drafted a kicker in the second round a few years ago. Turned out to be a disaster. They did this kid in the fifth round. He missed two extra points and the game-winning field goal. Buck fans are up in arms. They can't believe what's going on. And as far as the delay of game, Coach, if you got to play games like that with your kicker, you don't have a kicker. So... I'm not. This kid's got about two weeks to straighten out. Otherwise, they they got to replace him. We're visiting with Ira Kaufman, NFL columnist, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, joining us here on 97.3 The Fan. Do you think Bruce Arians, uh, over the next couple of years, long term, can really get the best out of Jameis Winston? Well, that is the million dollar question. It's the hundred and twenty million dollar question. <laughs> you know, Winston wants that long term extension. So does Marcus Mariota. And I'd say right now, uh, neither one are, are sure things to get it. Uh, could be franchised, possibly. But, you know, that's a big reason why Arians got this job, to straighten out J 
Jameis Winston. He's the quarterback whisperer. Now, the funny thing is, Coach, he's not calling the place. He's got Byron Leftwich, who has no track record, uh, and Leftwich is calling the plays. But you know Arians is involved. Um, look, Winston's been okay. He was terrible against the Niners week one. Threw two pick sixes. They lost the game. He was decent against Carolina on national TV. And he was pretty good um, Sunday, although he threw a bad second-half interception. Um, it's a work in progress. Coach, if I'm a betting man, I'd say it's 50-50 that they're done with Winston when the season's over. Hey, Ira, I want to before I jump around to some other teams, I want to get your, your take on Antonio Brown. You've seen a lot of players over the years come and go in the league for a variety of different reasons. Uh, do you think we've really, truly seen the last of Antonio Brown? Any team that signs Antonio Brown at this point, with everything that we know, and I'm not talking about conjecture and cases that have to be probed and investigated. What we know about Brown from his own Twitter account and behavior, any team's got to be nuts. They've got to be crazy. And I know the guy, you know, is, you know, if he quit right now, he'd be a borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, he's that good. And, he, you know, he didn't have a great year last year. He scored 15 touchdowns on, 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 a, on a year that he should have been better on. That's how good he is. But you cannot have, you cannot invite a, a, a team record into your locker room. This guy's never happy. Uh, Gruden, shame on Gruden. Shame on Belichick. Terrible look for the Patriots. Uh, I think he's done. Uh, you will see him next year on Dancing with the Stars, gentlemen. <laughs> We're visiting with Ira Kaufman here on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, I wanted to ask you about a couple of 0-3 teams. Uh, Denver 0-3. Uh, Vic Fangio's waited forever to get a head coaching job. Uh, John Elway's uh, really struggled to, to bring in a quarterback there since Peyton Manning. Uh, your, your thoughts on the Denver Broncos right now, and how about Elway? Is he on a little bit of a short leash there, you think, in Denver? He should be, Coach. You know, the Broncos – until a few years ago, were considered um, one of the jewel franchises. Um, and maybe the Giants were also three or four years ago. Uh, they've both fallen on hard times. Denver's got a long way to go, guys. You know, the Bucks have a guy named Shaquille Barrett. He's a linebacker. He had four sacks against uh, this Giants rookie quarterback. He has eight sacks in three weeks. They signed him as a free agent from Denver. Hmm. The Broncos didn't want him. He was a part-time pass rusher. Good move by the Bucks. He's got eight sacks. He's leading the league. The Broncos, gentlemen, even with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, they're the only team in the league that doesn't have a sack. This guy's got eight. Uh, that makes Elway look really, really bad. Not only that, Ira, I don't think they have a takeaway in their first three games either. I believe you are correct, and their offense ain't nothing to write home about either. Yeah, Joe Flacco looks old and slow from what I've seen. Boy, they need a quarterback in the worst way. Their receivers got old in a hurry. Uh, I guess Sanders is doing okay, but uh, Demetrius Thomas is uh, long gone. Um, they don't have much, the Broncos. Now, they got a great fan base uh, who will turn out for the Broncos. Uh, and Rich knows my uh, area in Tampa. Last week, there were more Giants fans, more than Buck fans, in the building. That is a problem. 
That's a real big problem. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Steelers. They're 0-3, and we know Roethlisberger's out the remainder of the year. They got Mason and Rudolph, who I think's got some ability. Do you think they can turn it around and try to make a, a race in their division? Well, I'll tell you what I think gives you an insight into their thinking about Mason Rudolph. I don't think there's any way in the world they give up a first-round pick, which has the potential to be a top 10, maybe even a top 5, in a quarterback-rich draft. No way they do that for a safety, as good as Fitzpatrick is, if, if they have any questions about the quarterback going forward. And, I don't, and I'm not talking about Ben Roethlisberger. That tells me that was a referendum on, on, on Rudolph. They like this guy. They think they can win with him going forward. I think it puts Roethlisberger's future very much in question in Pittsburgh. And, guys, you got to remember the talent that has passed through Steeltown just in the last year or two, starting with Brown, Levy, and Bell, and, of hmm. course, that horrible injury to Ryan Shazier, who was becoming a dominant player on, on defense. That's tough for any franchise to stomach. I've always been a Mike Tomlin guy. I got to know him here in Tampa. He was on Dungy's staff and Gruden's staff. I think it's probably time for him to move on. He's had a good 10-year run, never had a losing season. This looks like a losing season. I think Tomlin should move on and go somewhere else. I think everybody will, uh, will benefit from a coaching change, too. Ira Kaufman, our guest, NFL columnist and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, uh, nice enough to join us today on 97.3 The Fan. You know, Ira, I look at the AFC right now, and I know there's some teams on a given day can step up and beat one of the bigger teams, but right now it seems like a two-team race between Kansas City and New England in the AFC this year. It really does, and uh, of course, you know, a month ago we would have put the Chargers right there, deservedly so. They got a lot of talent. I mean, you talk about teams with six, seven, eight pro bowlers. The Chargers uh, don't take a back seat to many teams. Uh, but Derwin James, you know, we know how good this kid is. Buck fans are still screaming at the Tampa GM for not drafting Derwin James <laughs> when they could have, and they took Vita Vea, the uh, D lineman, who doesn't look bad, but, he, you know, Derwin James was fabulous as, as a rookie. Uh, the Melvin Gordon holdout, maybe Gordon's back, maybe he's not. It looks like the Chiefs are going to run away with that division. We know New England's going to run away with that division. You know, teams like Houston, Baltimore, you're right. On their very, very best day, they could go into Arrowhead and, 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 and maybe uh, Foxborough and, and stay close. But you're right. This early in the year, it looks like, uh, you know, the AFC uh, – champion is going to be either in, in New England or Kansas City. It does. Hey, are you a believer in the San Francisco 49ers in their 3-0 start? Well, I certainly w was not uh, before they came into Tampa. I still thought it was kind of fluky. Uh, but now they've added two more wins to the mix. Uh, now, look, uh, they haven't played the Rams yet. Um, haven't played Seattle. We'll, we will see. But Garoppolo is, is playing well. they got a good pass rush. The Ford was a good, good pickup from the Chiefs. Sherman's still playing well at corner. Uh, uh, I thought they were a uh, six-win team, and now I'm starting to think uh, they can win a uh, be a nine-win team, and I think that uh, could be good enough to get into the NFC playoffs. 
Ira, the Rams are three and zero, and you know I thought last year. You know I watch all their games out here on the West Coast, and you know when Cooper Cup went out last year, their offense wasn't the same. And now he's back healthy. That offense is looking good, and uh, boy, it really looks like he really re-energizes that offense. That with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, and now Cup, who seems to be the security blanket for Jared Goff. You're absolutely right. And the scary thing about the Rams, and I think you guys would agree. They're not even playing that well, um, and, and they're three and zero. Oh, uh, you know, not very impressive in their wins. Now the Bucks are rolling in; they're ten point favorites. You would think the Rams will win this game. I think at this point, the Rams' defense is better than their offense. But I'm with you on Cup. Nobody ever talks about him, and I'm not putting him in the Julio Jones, uh, you know, Hopkins class. I- I'm not Mike Evans, uh, but the guy is very good. And uh, here's something to think about. The first three weeks of the year, the Bucks will play in, uh, you know, the, the 49ers, the Panthers, um, and then the Giants. Defensively, there's like one guy you've got to stop each of those weeks. George Kittle, the tight end, McCaffrey, obviously, and they did a great job on him, and Barkley, who was a non-factor. Well, now you're playing the Rams. I don't think you can go in thinking – if we stop Gurley, we're going to win this game because they've got weapons. Goff's good. Some people were really down on Goff after that Super Bowl. He didn't play well. But it's New England. It's Belichick. Don't worry about Goff. He's a good quarterback, good enough to get you back into the Super Bowl. That's a very quality Rams team. Hey, Ira, great stuff. I'll look forward to doing this again. Really enjoyed it. you got a great reputation around the league, and uh, certainly appreciate you coming out here on the West Coast today. Hey, guys, next time we got to talk a little John Lynch because I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the mud on, on my Hall of Fame presentation, the pride of San Diego, John Lynch, doing a great job as a 49er GM. But let's get him a gold jacket, gentlemen. So any suggestions you guys have, I'm going to take it. Next time we chat. Well, Ira, I got to tell you, as I let you get out of here, I coached John Lynch for three years in, in high school, uh, in baseball and in football. So know him well, and I'm waiting for that day because that'll be the first time I'll uh, make a trip to Canton, Ohio. You know, uh, the Hall of Fame always talks about uh, class um, and, and honor, and you know better than anybody. Nobody exemplifies that better than John Lynch. Nobody. Amen to that. Hey, you have a great day, and thanks for the time. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. There you go. Ira Kaufman, NFL columnist, pro football Hall of Fame voter, joining us on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, I also want to remind everyone you can join our boys today, Gwen and Chris, uh, down at Rovino the Foodery, located on Market Street on the corner of 9th Avenue and Market in the East Village before tonight's Padre game. They'll be down there from 3 to 6. Stop by, say hello before the game, and sign up to be the biggest fan to win prizes. From 97.3, The Fan. Coach Ken Taylor breaks down the biggest stories in the world of sports right now. That was the adult in the gym. In the Coach's Corner on 97.3, The Fan. All right, Coach, we're short on time. Let's get right to it. Number one. After calling in sick earlier this week and not showing up to practice, Jalen Ramsey won't practice today either due to a lower back injury. Earlier today, Jags head coach Doug Marone was asked about Ramsey's back injury. Yeah, he reported that his back was sore. That's, that's, that's the, that's, you know, I mean, usually when someone reports their back sore, it could have happened, you know, it could happen again. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. 
Most people believe Ramsey's <laughs> trying to pressure the team into trading him. What percent chance do you give Jalen Ramsey of playing another game for the Jaguars? I think they're going to try to expedite this. They've been wanting to get uh, two first-round draft picks. I think they had to settle for a first and third and move them out of there. I I'd give them a about a 10% chance of playing again for the Jags. Number two. The Washington Nationals clinched a wild-card berth yesterday, eliminating Bryce Harper and the Phillies from playoff contention in the process. At one point in the season, the Nats were 19-31. and 31. After the game, the Nationals sprayed champagne and beer all over each other in the clubhouse. Is celebrating a one-game wildcard berth fair or foul? I think it's very fair. You, you've been working since spring training. You've played 162 regular season games. It's uh, a great uh, honor to be able to get into the postseason. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, I just wish I was a part of it here in San Diego like I was in 05 and 06 in that Padre clubhouse when they won division titles. Number three. Jason Garrett is in the final year of his contract with the Cowboys, and many people believe he's coaching for his job this season. America's team is off to a 3-0 start. Appearing this morning on Get Up on ESPN, NFL reporter Dan Graziano offered up some interesting potential candidates to take over for Garrett should he not make a deep playoff run. The important thing for people to understand is Jerry Jones would like Jason Garrett to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for a long time and be successful at it. That's his top choice. But if he does not have a successful season this year with a playoff run, you could be looking at changes. You could be hearing names like Lincoln Riley or inside the building names like uh, Chris Richard, Kellen Moore. And there are even people who think that the next Dallas Cowboys coach at some point could be Jason Witten. Mm. So it might be soon for that, but those are the kinds of things you're going to hear. You heard that right, Coach. <laughs> what would your reaction be if the Cowboys hired Jason Witten as their next head coach? Uh, nothing surprised me in pro sports. Uh, you know, obviously it didn't work out in the broadcast booth. He's actually off to a pretty good start right now. Uh, for the fans out there, uh, Jason uh, uh, Garrett, final year of his contract as well. So, you know, nothing would surprise me. Uh, he will definitely uh, keep that coaching job in-house. So Jason Witten wouldn't surprise me in the least. Number four. The Packers are also off to a 3-0 start, but their success has largely come on the heels of a vastly improved defense, while Matt LaFleur's new-look offense has struggled. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers weighed in on the team's lackluster offense. We've never wanted to just manage the football game around here, so the standards are very high for us. we got to play a lot better on offense. Um, you know, we've played some good defenses, no doubt about it, but the standard and the expectations are very high here, and, and we haven't met them on offense. Thankfully, our defense has not only been opportunistic, but stout, holding them the field goals uh, in the red zone, taking the ball away, putting us in good field position. Uh, it's, our, it's, it's time for us to do our part on offense moving forward. We're going to play some, you know, a stretch of, of uh, really good football teams. And at some point, you know, we can't expect our defense to shut everybody down. They have been, but at some point, the offense is going to have to wake up and, uh, and start making some plays. On a scale from 1 to 10, what's your level of confidence in Green Bay's offense returning to form? Uh, about 50%. I think Rodgers so can make – Yeah, 5. Uh, I go I go on the, the 50 to 80 scale or 20 to 80 scale. Uh, about 50%. Uh, he'll make some plays. He'll make that team a little bit better than they are right now. But I don't see a, a big significant change. 20 to 80 scale? What are you, a scout? Yeah, I was Number one time. Five. After looking like a near lock to make the playoffs, the Cubs lost their lost their seventh game in a row last night, dropping them to five games behind the Brewers for the second wildcard spot with five games to play. The magic number for Milwaukee is down to one, and Chicago's playoff percentage is listed at 0.1%. <laughs>
Who's most to blame for the Cubs' collapse? Uh, I think uh, the front office has to take a big part of the blame. Uh, they didn't get enough of pitching there. Uh, Darvish has pitched well uh, recently, but he had a brutal year. Lester hasn't been the same. Hamels has been injured and very ineffective. Just too many injuries, but not enough in that bullpen either. So I, I think the front office has to take a big uh, chunk of the blame on this, not Joe Madden. And this one is over. That was the coach's corner. Yes, All right, Adam, uh, great stuff, and uh, thanks again to Ira Kaufman uh, from down in Tampa joining us talking a little NFL. When we come back to kick off hour number two, what's Rocky Long's reaction to the Aztecs' offensive struggles? We'll hear from Rocky next. Coach John Cantero, one hour in the books, two to go. Give me a call, 833-288-0973. Thanks for downloading the John Cantero Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.